0: HD You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Mint. I am Nasreen Sultana. I am an assistant editor at Mint. I keep a close track of all that is happening in the world of stock markets. You are listening to All Things Markets where I speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets. The Insurance Amendment Bill 2021 is passed by the Parliament to increase FTL limit in insurance sector to 74% from the current cap of 49%. Besides, country's biggest insurance company, LIC, is gearing up to launch its IPO soon in the market. LIC is also the biggest domestic institutional investor, or DII, which invests directly into equities. So, to understand how these factors will change the landscape of insurance industry in India, I am in conversation with Sundar Sundarbhat, CIO of Excite Life Insurance. Hi, Mr. Bhatt, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, hi, thank you.
0: So uh, as we are just about to start F522, uh, there there are two big announcements uh, which probably is going to change the landscape of insurance sector. I would like you to throw some light on the how the insurance sector is likely to benefit after the government uh, has proposed to increase the FDI limit to 74% in insurance sector.
1: Yeah, uh, the proposed increase in FDI limit to 74% uh, in the insurance sector is definitely a welcome step. Uh, it has been a long-awaited one, um, and it will be particularly useful for uh, capital infusion in some of the smaller and mid-sized uh, players in the industry, which presently might have been facing this constraint uh, of the FDI limit in order to uh, enhance their competitiveness. Uh, so what we feel uh, will happen is that uh, it will enable a healthier competition now in the sector once uh, this limit is uh, formally uh, approved because it will enable uh, uh, many of the other players, other than the uh, the top few uh, companies, to have a greater uh, solvency as well as uh, be able to launch more competitive products. And uh, clearly, from the uh, perspective of uh, the policyholders, uh, uh, we could see uh, you know not just better products in terms of uh, pricing and features, but also an increased penetration, both in terms of uh, number of policies. Uh, per household, uh, as well as a greater geographical spread, since all, you know, all of this uh, does require uh, capital, uh, and therefore, uh, this is a welcome step. As far as some of the larger players, which are uh, uh, already listed, for example, it may not really impact uh, uh, this uh, increase in FDI limit, may not really impact them as much. Uh, given that uh, uh, the, uh, they, are no, they are not really at the FDI uh, cap limits presently, you know, post-listing, many of them are well below that limit. So, as I said in the beginning, I think uh, the smaller and mid-sized players are the ones where, uh, uh, you know, the, this measure will clearly benefit more.
0: Right. So one is, uh, of course, increase the market size of the insurance sector. And second, right. you're saying that it's, it's going to increase the competitiveness by, because there could be more schemes uh, for the investors, more schemes. More, to- more
1: competitive products, yeah. In terms of product design, you know, it can be become more competitive. And also the investment that is required in terms of spreading, you know, geographically to more rural areas, for example, where uh, clearly penetration is lower. Uh, uh, especially from the private sector perspective uh, where uh, the uh, spread is not as much. uh, Geographical spread even, um, uh, you know, that will increase once, you know, the companies have that extra capital.
0: Right. Another uh, big announcement is about the insurance uh, sector IPO, the LIC IPO. I know this was an uh, announcement last year budget, Uh, but of course the COVID came and everything was delayed. But probably FY22 is... uh, is what the government is aiming to bring LICIP onto the market. Well, uh, because it is a bigger. It, it is one of the biggest uh, domestic institutional investors in the stock markets and also the biggest insurance um, company in India and led by government, uh, you think uh, that it's going to kind of uh, create some ripples in the industry or how is it going to change the industry, the insurance sector?
1: Right. So, from the equity market perspective uh, clearly what we will see once LIC gets listed you know whether in um, fy22 you know hopefully or or if not then maybe fy23 uh, the the insurance as a sector in terms of uh, market cap uh, or as a percentage of the total uh, market cap of the listed stocks uh, clearly will increase given the scale and market cap at which uh, you know LIC is likely to uh, go public with uh, since we already have now a few of uh, uh, the insurance players with reasonably large market caps and this you know could be significantly larger. Uh, so what we would see is that uh, not just the size, but what is different also is that uh, in terms of product profile, LIC has a product profile which is uh, quite different from uh, the existing listed players, uh, given that it's a significantly uh, participating product uh, kind of a portfolio. Uh, so. Uh, along with every listing of uh, insurance companies clearly there are a lot of uh, public disclosure disclosures which are required so uh, it will provide good insights for analysts once LIC gets listed in terms of uh, uh, the the uh, various financial uh, parameters that go with uh, you know this kind of a product profile so two things I would say. One is the uh, fact that uh, uh, this this sector will get more attention than what it is today, uh, especially for, from the foreign investors' perspective because it will become a very large investable sector in India uh, when one combines it with some of the few players which are already listed. And secondly, we'll have far more uh, information from the analysis perspective for insurance analysts uh, to understand uh, the sector better.
0: Right, more transparency, basically. All
1: right. From the, uh, the government's perspective, in terms of the budgetary targets for uh, disinvestment, once LIC does get listed, I think it will also provide a pipeline, um, uh, not just for that financial year when it gets listed, but possibly for subsequent few financial years as well, because we could see uh, subsequent, subsequent tranches of small disinvestments happening once the IPO happens. Uh, and given the scale uh, of uh, market cap, uh, uh, this could comprise a large component of uh, the annual disinvestment figure, Every year you know in subsequent budgets as well
0: right Uh, as we speak we are almost at the closing door of FY21 it has been uh, unprecedented here for many reasons of course COVID has been uh, has knocked off a lot of businesses what is your analysis Uh, how will FY22 look like as far as the market goes
1: So as we all know, the way FY21 started and the way FY21 is ending, you know, from the equity markets perspective are clearly uh, poles apart in terms of uh, the kind of sentiment uh, uh, and the outlook that one had for the markets uh, in terms of uh, fears, concerns, as well as uh, uh, the fact as to the uncertainty, which was there as far as where the economy is going and where the earnings are going. So clearly, one did not anticipate uh, that our economy will bounce back uh, so soon as it has in the last uh, uh, few months. Um, and one is al- one had also not uh, forecast the kind of earnings upgrades that we would be seeing, the ones which we've been seeing in the last few months. So as we go forward, uh, the uh, longer term outlook for our market uh, is, is more positive than uh, before. Uh, In the initial part of the bounce back that we saw last year, we were uh, definitely cautious because it was primarily driven by foreign liquidity more than uh, fundamentals. But there are two factors which have uh, made us incrementally positive in the last um, uh, couple of months uh, from the future outlook perspective. Uh, The first is, as I mentioned, in terms of number of earnings upgrades, because we've never seen this kind of a, a number as far as earnings upgrades are concerned in the last so many years. Um, and but the bigger, longer-term driver, uh, so to say, uh, uh, has been the recent budget, and I'll I'll briefly talk upon a few points which uh, uh, has caused us to become more positive. Though the markets, you know, uh, have uh, already reached higher levels over the last few months, but uh, going forward, um, uh, why we think uh, we are we should be more positive than than before. Uh, two things. Uh, one is the fact that. Uh, uh, The government has indicated its focus on growth through borrowings, not just for this financial year, because initial enthusiasm post the budget, obviously, because because of the uh, increase in capital expenditure and the higher fiscal deficit that has been projected for uh, FY22. Uh, But the fact that uh, uh, the fiscal deficit will reach 4.5% only by FY26, uh, the glide path which was announced by the finance minister, is actually indicating that the government will prefer to keep borrowing and investing on growth for the next three years, even after FY22. And this single aspect uh, clearly has changed the uh, outlook uh, from the equity markets uh, perspective.
0: Uh, FY21, uh, uh, most likely we are going to close with uh, around 70% gains for both the benchmark, Sensex and Nifty. And uh, this is probably going to be the best uh, fiscal in last 11 years. Uh, you think FY22 will be a repeat of this kind of robust gains? Um, and uh, Or you think that the gains, they would be gains, but probably this would not be as much uh, as what we saw in FY21? How?
1: Oh so well if you know 70% kind of gains are definitely not uh, what one would expect uh, on in consecutive years uh, in a- any market so to say uh, so when we say that we are, are positive on uh, the markets clearly we think that uh, we will have uh, uh, returns which have been uh, far better than uh, what we've seen in uh, cumulative uh, year periods
0: uh, you also mentioned about the earnings upgrade, the kind of earnings upgrade that we have seen after December quarter, and that has led to the kind of confidence that you have on the. Market's performance in FY '22, but at the same time we are kind of staring at the second wave of COVID-19, and uh, there are a lot of concerns. I know it has not spread to our many many states as we speak. It's Maharashtra and few other states who are getting into lockdown mode and probably partial lockdown. Uh, You think this uh, restriction of activities or business operations may have an impact on the earnings going forward, and how much will the second uh, wave of COVID-19 may impact on the markets? if at all we kind of hit
1: there, seeing accelerated uh, vaccination across the country, uh, so to that extent the uh, the concerns uh, uh, are a, are a bit lesser than what they were when the first wave struck us. So clearly that is is a, a concern, and we are seeing it possibly reflected in uh, the markets, which have given up uh, some of the gains in the last uh, few days. Another reason why the markets have appeared a bit nervous in the last few days also has been uh, with the kind of rising interest rates and uh, inflation predictions in the U.S., because that is expected to impact uh, foreign flows to emerging markets uh, later during the year. Um, And given that we had foreign flows, which had been uh, the sole driver, so to say, uh, of uh, the up move in the equity market uh, for a larger part of uh, uh, FY21, um, a reversal of FI flows or a slowdown in FIA flows uh, clearly is another risk which uh, you know the markets uh, uh, could face. Uh,
0: you know, well, DIIs participate in the stock markets now because FY twenty one, no doubt, we had a robust rally, but DIIs were some uh, somewhere uh, missing in action. Uh, at least, you know, in the, till the half of the year, uh, at least till August, they were net buyers, but uh, but. As, as we move towards the end of FY21, they have been net sellers. They sold highest ever monthly outflow in December. What do you think uh, will, FI, uh, will DI start participating in the stock markets rally in FY22?
1: Right. So the net selling which we have seen from DIS, which has been primarily from uh, mutual funds in the last year because uh, my sense is insurance companies have been small net buyers so it's been the uh, largely the redemption led um, uh, selling from uh, domestic equity funds uh, which has contributed to the negative figure that we have seen uh, from uh, dis in the last year uh, and i think if you have to try and analyze as to what has led to the kind of outflows from uh, equity mutual fund schemes which in turn led to you know them selling in the market uh, I think it's partly been the direct equity investing by retail investors uh, uh, in the last, in the, in the, especially in the first uh, few months of uh, the lockdown. Uh, so uh, we've seen possibly investors, and and that has been the uh, phase when the markets kept rallying. Uh, so you would have had retail investors being encouraged also by the success in uh, direct retail investing. Uh, secondly, you might have had genuine liquidity needs uh, from by investors. Uh, partially because of uh, maybe uh, job losses or salary cuts and in recent months we might also have seen some reallocation to other classes like uh, real estate which has seen a big uh, uh, recovery in uh, some of uh, the metros so all these factors possibly you know any one or more of these factors could have led to the outflow from um, equity mutual funds now uh, what could change going forward in fy22 um the firstly, uh, if we see the absolute levels at which uh, the markets are today compared to what they were last year in uh, March or earlier on this year in April when the when the bounce back just began, uh, clearly the valuations are very different from what they were at that time. Um, and therefore from the perspective of risk that is involved in terms of direct equity investing or individual stock investing by uh, investors, the risk levels today, are significantly higher than what they were in April or May last year or June, for example, you know, the first phase when the markets uh, started bouncing back. Uh, and therefore, at higher levels, uh, uh, the possibility is that uh, we will have investors coming back into uh, 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 institutional, uh, uh, the institutional category, that is, they'll invest in ULIP schemes, they'll invest in uh, uh, equity mutual funds. Given that uh, it, the need may be felt to diversify the risk, or limit the risk given the levels uh, at which the markets are presently.
0: Okay, on that note, thanks a lot, Mr. Bhatt, for that perspective and insights. I hope fy 22 is as great uh, uh, for uh, stock markets as it was in F 21 Thank you so much.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you very much.
0: For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at livemin.com Or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen's Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com.
1: This was a Mint production
0: brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.